0: We have ignition sequence start. Short distance, high impact. Five,
1: four, three, two. All engines running. Ten questions with Adam Zwar. Big names, great minds.
0: Make yourself a cup of tea. Lift off. We have lift off. Welcome back to Ten Questions. Sorry about the hiatus. I've been running around a bit lately. Today's guest is the magnificent Sam Simmons. He had a watershed year last year, winning the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and the Barry Award at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. He's been on Conan, Dirty Laundry Live, Triple J, No Activity. It was great at No Activity, check him out there. And sometimes you can find him drinking in dive bars in suburban LA. Minutes before this interview, he was stung by a spider and spent the first 90 seconds lying down. That's why this sounds a bit weird at the start, but it gets better. By God, it gets better. I started by asking Sam when he was most happy.
1: Do I have to give like the proper like just one answer? No, no, go for it. A couple. Yeah. Okay. There's been a couple of times. Mostly it's that bit. You know, you're not too drunk. Yeah. But just a little bit drunk. <laughs> That's when I'm most happy. Just like one or two beers and it's sunny and you're feeling pretty great yeah. and you're like, oh yeah, and and you don't have anything to do the next day. And you've done a good day of work. That's what I'm most happy. And the other one is uh, I was doing a a gig in Mount Isa, And I was scared. It was a 1,000 people in a civic center. And I thought I would die. It was very early on in my comedy career. And I then realized that I could improv and make stuff up instead of delivering the lines on stage as a stand-up. And I improvised by grabbing a shopping trolley and getting into the shopping trolley and then using it like a gondola and coming out on stage in front of a thousand miners, uh, using a mop to push me along like the gondola. And I started singing Mopra and I I thought to myself, oh my God, this is what it is. And I felt really happy because I I felt like I'd kind of unlocked a comedy key or a a comedy padlock. Wow. It was a good moment, a really good moment.
0: When was that? What year was that?
1: Jeez, that was eight years ago, and um, yeah, I hadn't, I mean, I still haven't worked it out, I still bomb, but uh, at least I'm valiant. I, I die noble deaths on stage, like a gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They're always, they're always worthy, it's like, oh, but he died a good death, he was trying something weird. Uh,
0: the thing is, you you are a fucking gladiator out there.
1: You are, like, your you to be. That's that is it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, who would you like to apologise to, and Why?
1: I think my, my brother and lots of my exes, lots of my exes, but my brother, I mean, I, I have apologised. I mean, it's not like I did anything really bad, but just just a lot of, I'm just really sorry, because I, I ran away from home at 13 and he looked after me. Um, and he's my half-brother, and he kind of put his life into stasis to look after me. And, you know, I've given him money and stuff like that and helped him out in hard times, but I just can't say sorry enough. I just think I ruined, ruined the, um, the really... You know, the sexy peak of his life in his mid 20s because he was looking after an idiot team.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you. I
1: think apologies there. Yeah. What does he say when
0: you apologize to him?
1: Oh, I'm just like, I'm sorry for being a dickhead. And sorry, sorry you got lumped with me. Um, All that kind of stuff. Like a lot of regret in a. He had to grow up a lot quicker than he probably. I, mind you, he's in his mid twenties; he can deal with it. But um, yeah, actually, fuck him. I, I'm not going to say sorry to him. I'll say so sorry to all my exes. My exes.
0: I've actually interviewed a few of your, or at least one of your exes, uh, before. <laughs> so, so, um, so I just with your brother. What's his response when you say sorry? Is he is he like I don't worry about it? Or yeah, you oh did- yeah,
1: totally. He loves yeah. me to death. Really proud. He's a very very funny man. Um, I think he's very secretly jealous of what I, of what I do. Yeah, because he's funnier. He's way funnier. Very, very bitchy um, truck driver-like guy. Very funny. Ca- Imagine, like, a catty, a catty man in a wife-beater. Oh. something about him. He's very funny. That That
0: is very evocative. <laughs> 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 Mate, question three. What is your greatest regret?
1: Oh, oh I think there's two. One's, one's marriage. God, I just heard my wife then to yell out. She didn't hear that, though. You know, she already knew. She knew what I was about to do. I think marriage. I'll be honest, like, it's really good. Like, it, it, she's terrible. Look, it's terrible. It's really good that <laughs> I've got this person in my life forever. <laughs> forever. You don't really think about the whole forever side of it. It's just like, uh, what are you doing? And it's not like I need to go off and do, like, you know, feel the sensation of like other women. It's just, what are you doing every day forever? Just waking up and looking, going, oh, there you are again, but I love her so much I'll never, never divorce her I'm just not a bad man like that she's going to be forever. ever and I really regret it just be, It like it's so good to be alone and just wake up alone and we'll just shut the door and just shut them out of your life and just, just, you fucking stay in the lounge room while I'm, in the, while I'm in the bedroom get away from my life just for a few hours, so it's definitely my biggest regret, it's also one of my greatest achievements, but um at that and also I, I was almost a fully qualified zookeeper and I almost became, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, going to curating at Melbourne Zoo. So I kind of regret that as well. So animals and animals and my fucking wife.
0: What would you still need to do to feel you've lived a satisfactory life?
1: Oh, give her a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think <laughs> or... I guess, you know, in a real way, probably um, helping people as opposed to, like, just uh, floating my way through this, like, ridiculous pursuit of being a clown for cash. I think maybe volunteering somewhere eventually or just just giving back in some really nice way. I think that would make me feel good one day. That's a bit sentimental, but I think definitely I'd like to, um, you know, go wash lepers' assholes or something like that. <laughs>
0: The next question, who is the person who most influenced you and how? Uh,
1: My mother. um, Horrible woman. Horrible. (laughs) Horrible lady. Terrible lady. I don't know if you saw saw my uh, show last year, but it was all about that. Um, And, yeah, but she's just hilarious and bit of twisted. And I'll tell you a quick story. She's, like, she's really posh but not at the same time. Kind of like, you know Yeah. You know like when your mum's voice would change when she was around posh people. Yes. And she'd go up and do this kind of yeah. She one of those ladies, so so my image when I think of her in my head, I know it's Elvie. When I think of Elvie, I think of this woman propped up in bed with one of those U pillows. Remember the U pillows? Oh so, yes. Yeah. With one of those it was frilly, it was kind of like a salmon colour. And she'd be reading like a Danielle Steele novel or something and she'd yell out, um me, because I did all the cooking and stuff, it was weird, weird relationship. I think it's because she had me quite late, so when I was going through, started to go through puberty, she was going through menopause. So there was a lot of hormones in the house, and so it was just weird. While we didn't like each other, and sometimes you just don't like it. You can't help it. You don't always like your parents, and they don't like you. So anyway, um, so she'd be up in bed on a Sunday morning reading a Danielle Steele novel, and then she, she yell out, "No, oh, microwave mother a lamb chop." And it was the thing she liked, like on a Sunday morning, was the individually wrapped um, lamb chops in the freezer door, which I then pop in the microwave for, uh, for like a minute and defrost and then chuck it into one of those, Remember at those old grills, those um, the, the vertical grills. It was oh. like, a, like a poor man's George Foreman. Yeah. Yeah, pop them in that and then bring in, mum, bring in mama a lamb chop, the dollar HP sauce. I think, yeah, that's, I mean, she's definitely the one who shaped me the most. I mean, that's not fucking weird. And it is works. that
0: why you yes, ran away from she, home?
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I nicked off at 13 and then I had to go back at 15 for legal uh, repercussions. But yeah, I, I, was, I just buggered off early because it was just a pretty, pretty crazy scene. But, yeah, um,
0: yeah. yeah. The next question is, when was the last time you cried and why?
1: Uh, last week, just watching one of those Rescue dog videos on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't help but watch them. Like where they find a dog, like just snapping and snarling in some vacant lot, like in you know Philadelphia, and then some guy just goes in there and just wins its heart. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the dog grows its hair back, or it's got a gaping wound on the side, and then it's licking and loving children. You're like, oh, dog love. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I just
0: lose it. And they're so quick. They're so perfectly made in that, that like, a, the, the structure is perfect in those videos, you know, the, the oh, beginning oh, middle and like then. lilting piano. Yeah, no, and with uh, sometimes no voiceover, just uh, graphics saying three months later.
1: <laughs> oh, I love them so much. I love them. That's, I mean, that's what I'll be doing. Most mornings I wake, and I, I, it's, it is bad, like Facebook and social media, but... I will wait and just watch like ridiculous animal rescue videos to start my day, and I, I, I don't know if it's the right way to live. I should just go and do it myself, maybe. <laughs> well, you, yeah, you,
0: you got away with animals, the zoo keeping thing. Regardless of uh, not passing the test or whatever it was, you know, you. you no, fa-
1: I, no, I chose to be. I was either going to be a quite literally go out to the Cocos Islands and work with six female elephants coming to Melbourne Zoo. Um, at the very same time, I was offered a gig um, on Triple J, and I just, I just took the easier option. Oh, mate. Option, option A. Actually, option B to seem better because I didn't have to pick up uh, turds. I guess. <laughs> so I, I do regret it sometimes. It was a wonderful job.
0: You mate, I see the the young Triple J faces in your in your audiences all the time, mate. They, they
1: oh yeah, absolutely. No, no. The, 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 you know what's really great about that because you know I'm, I'm a, I, I sound like a. Blokey guy, but my acts, you know, as you know, you know, it's quite weird and yeah. it's almost verging on on slightly effeminate. So it's kind of interesting when I do look out at the kind of like the the Ute and like bogan kind of um, you know blue collar tradie brigade that come to my shows, and I think oh, I'm doing my bit. I'm doing my bit here, yeah. educating the bogan's,
0: yeah, about a yeah. little bit.
1: Of- about a feminine art, Against their a will. Because <laughs> they do all come up and they're like, oh, mate, you're all fucking weird. We love it. I'm like, all right, good. Thank you. You give
0: them, a, you give them a, enough of what they want and then you take them on a journey as well.
1: <laughs> and they're like, oh, I don't know about this. Yeah. It's yeah, great. I, I mean, I love That's my favourite part of an audience is that questioning, kind of like, I don't know whether we, we should be liking this or not. When, that was evident the other night. You, you came to watch me do a spot the other night. And I had a little bit called uh, "Got a Little Doodle," which got nothing. It was just uh, got a little doodle on a piece, if you remember. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was really quite awkward for everyone. I saw one lady in the front row just look at me like, "What is this?" I, I laughed at what? that. The she's doodle. right, that but she is right. It's yeah. a doodle,
0: mate. It's a doodle. Uh, but yeah, I reckon that'll play well at home. <laughs>
1: we'll see. And, we'll the see
0: the winch. and and in England. <laughs> um. What is your, the next question is, what is your current state of mind?
1: Loose, because I wake up at like 5am um, and I'm, I'm mid-creating a show, a new live show yeah. at the moment, which is the best part of the whole experience, is the creating and the fantasy in your head about how well something's going to go. And yeah. so, so things are good in my mind right now, but we'll see how it goes when we get to opening night. Um, so yeah, it's, it's now it's a, it's almost elation because I think I'm there and it's loose. It's a good it's a good state of mind at the moment. I
0: mean, what I admire so much about what you do is the trust that you put in your technical crew all the time. Because I'm always going, I oh, know fuck that. I can't. I cannot rely on anybody. This is bullshit. Yeah, I
1: but i You yeah, do it. I've done it for dummies. It's it's like really. I have sometimes a maximum of like. 12 audio cues in my show, and that's it. Yeah, right. It's just that I have to, I don't trust enough. So I time huge track, which is to my detriment as well, because then I get to play around and muck around with people and interact. I'm like just listening to an audio track or trying to time my words to a, a Neo yeah. Morricone score. I'm like yeah. an idiot. <laughs> so it's about maybe cutting down that kind of stuff into this less of the technical in there and, you know, more, more of the vanilla stand-up.
0: Mate, no, I love I love the interaction you have with yourself and or Paddy Bramel or or whoever. I, I notice I haven't been on there yet, but um, one day.
1: I actually wanted to approach you, but we ran out of time. I didn't even know you were here, mate.
0: Yeah, uh, mate. I came. I left quietly, and I came here quietly. To be honest, I, Yeah, I
1: know. It's just You're like that.
0: Well, I just uh, yeah. I, there's a guy who I was friends with when I was 21, and he had a because he was leaving Brisbane to go to Perth and his parents yeah. actually were rich and they threw this massive party for him. There was a band and everything. Paul's going to Perth. And literally four days later, I was walking down the, the Queen Street Mall in Brisbane and I saw him and I said, what happened to Perth? And he goes, oh, it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always paranoid, mate, that I'm gonna going to be going back. You mean, I know
1: exactly what you mean. It's also about... Saying things out loud if they don't happen because you look like an idiot. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like I just told you my news before from the UK, but there's a you know a one the point one percent chance something will go wrong, and then I'll be like, oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't tell anyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're, we're hardened, don't we? Um, yeah, absolutely. the The next question is, what do you consider your greatest achievement?
1: Oh, I think. Uh, look, I mean, how how, how how serious are the answers to these things? Oh, w- serious
0: and dumb, and, whatever you like.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, I think, I think survive su- Oh, surviving. No, I'm not saying that. How about <laughs> surviving? Anybody that says, oh, I survived, bloody Anyway, it will probably be surviving. My, my, my sense of humour survived in my childhood, I think, cause it was pretty rough. Yeah. It's not oh, woe is me, but I am really proud of that because... Uh, I could be a massive drug addict or something, or, or you know in a word or dead, yeah. quite seriously, and I think um that's, that's my greatest achievement was uh getting getting through some pretty dark stuff, yeah, and being uh you know I'm, I'm quite tolerant yeah, I think Do you, you find- know, I saw a sorry, I saw a Polish person the other day um, just walking on the street, and I was totally fine with it, you know. <laughs> and as was as poles you got the polish
0: Ge- deutschland german so nah, damn it. all our family came all the lutherans got off the boat around your area and
1: oh, really? of course handorf
0: yeah and then they moved to um, then they moved to victoria and you know
1: got, okay but See, i just looked up the origin of your surname and it said polish so i was like ah. There yeah,
0: yeah, yeah there is there is a bit of, there, i think it was it was a little bit longer the surname and then they just shortened it at some stage we speculated a little longer on the origins of my name, which eventually ended in Sam accusing me of pretending to be Jewish to increase my comedy credibility, which is pretty spot on. Um, who would you like on your side in a battle
1: and why? Ricky May. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's big. He was big. Yes. Solid. <laughs> and he's a croon. No, Ricky May and John English. Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Mate, John English would just. Get, that's brilliant. No one's mentioned John English. No one's mentioned Ricky May. But oh, black eyes. Yeah, John English though. Yeah. He'd he'd look after you. I
1: don't know. I think re- really in a battle, I'm a, definitely my best mate, Max. Um yep. Is he funny? He's he's failed. He's he's funny. He's Really funny. He's wonderful. But he's failed his. Uh, he's failed his. Uh, what do you call it? An audition or? Um, uh, when you become a paramedic, you have to not audition, you have to... The, what you do? The,
0: the test? You know, the... um
1: The test, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, test, I guess. But he's failed that like four times, but he's the kind of guy that would be cool in a crisis. Like, he could be a paramedic. I know, it's yeah. a stupid story because he's not a paramedic. But any... I mean, any paramedic because they're amazing people. Um I think I'd bring him to battle and I'd also love my... My comedy hero would be Bill Burr. I love Bill Burr, but I love Bill yeah. there. Just having a whinge.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um Have you guys performed together on the same bill or
1: yeah, he Yeah, we did a gig last year, and it was in a weird warehouse in downtown LA, it was a, like a hipster a bomb went off, and he walked in, and he's like, oh my god, look at this fucking hipster <laughs> shit everywhere, and then he looked across at me, like, and I know I look like the ultimate hipster because I wear a funny <laughs> hat and glasses and the mustache, and so he just looked at me and went, ah, shit. And then I had to try and explain to him that I'm way more 1980s cricket than I am hipster with this moustache. And I've had it since 2009, yeah. which predates all of that shit. Yeah. Um, and it is like this is my homage to the Australian male um, via cricket in the 1980s. Yeah. Without a doubt, this is not hipster. This is just what my head looks like. When you see me on stage, it's like, oh, that's not a hipster. That's just not right. <laughs> but he prejudged. he prejudged. He just thought I was part of the whole thing. I was like, no, I'm not.
0: About now I asked Sam if Bill Burr understood his cricket reference and Sam said Bill had tried to relate it to baseball and it didn't really work. Then our conversation moved on to footballers and Sam said he'd seen a certain AFL legend at a bottle shop recently looking in pretty bad shape. And then we talked about another footballer who'd urinated on some people outside a pub and then we talked about another athlete who was recently accused of exposing himself in public. I would have loved to have played that bit of the conversation for you but I don't have the time or the money to defend
1: three separate
0: defamation suits.
1: Something's gone wrong, Adam. You've done you've un, you've unlocked something.
0: Mate, this is what this podcast is all about not good um and the final question what would you like your last words to be
1: rad sticks beautiful <laughs> only because um it's something whenever we were in turbulence in the air like you know with this job flying around a lot uh, my wife's a very nervous flyer and we all it felt like we were almost going to die and i've always said to her hey Whatever you do, my final words to you, I'll be, it will be two thumbs up, and I'll just look at you and go, rad sticks. Rad sticks. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no love in it. There's nothing. We have ignition sequence start. Short distance, high impact. Five, four, three,
0: two, all engines running. Ten questions with Adam Zwar. Big names, great minds. Make yourself a cup of tea.
1: Lift off. we have liftoff.